Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show. And this week we've got the dynamic and very exciting subject of the end of the financial year. More importantly, not the end of the year, but what are the key steps that you need to be taking between now and then to get the most from a benefit perspective? And perhaps more important still, set yourself up for the new year. Tons of content in here. Make sure you enlist good quality help and support. We talk a bit about that as we go on through and I'll see you in the show. Hey there guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my faithful offsider, Mr. Mitchell Laurentiu. That is me, Mr. Baxter, and I have a typically boring topic to talk about today, but hopefully we can make that a little bit more interesting. I don't doubt we can do that. What have we got? And we have got the end of financial year. We're coming up to that point with mm. June 30th. There's things like tax, asset write-offs, plenty in the mix-up. Want to chat about it all? Very good. Well, 30 June, of course, end of the financial year, start of the new one, 1st of July, and uh, Always something to tick over and celebrate. Always like getting to the end of the year and just looking back and yeah, it's been a cracker and uh, working on the game plan for the year ahead. And you know, we talked earlier this year about how important planning is uh, for your whole year. And part of the reason why I have an obsession with planning, of course, is that it lets you create your future in advance. You can design it right now as to how you want to look. And the end of the financial uh, year is exactly the same thing. You've got the ability to um, take stock and reset and replan and move it forward. So very, very important watershed moment for any investor and any person here in Australia. Absolutely, and any you know savvy person in the finance space knows that there's some jiggery-pokery you can do to make sure that you're set up you know, for next financial year. Mm. But before we get into that kind of stuff, let's talk about exactly what is the end of financial year? What does that mean? What does that mean to your average everyday Australian? Well, that is the end of your tax year, I guess, bringing up the pain subject straight away. Uh, there's a full stop there and you can't do anything post that year um, and, and try and backdate it. You know, it would have been a good idea had I have done this. So it's very, very important to be ahead of the curve and to be on the front foot. That is where the full stop is at the end of the sentence. So you've got to get yourself organized uh, and get yourself really in the position you can be. And this whole notion of tax, and I'm sure we'll talk a bit about that as we go on in. The key thing here is there's a massive difference between tax avoidance and tax effectiveness. And part of that is a legal definition. One is illegal and one is not. And I really encourage any listener here uh, on our show to make sure they avoid tax avoidance like the plague. And it's that time of year where you get all sorts of jiggery-pokery thrown around, or you can do this and you can claim that. Get good advice because if you do the wrong thing, particularly these days um, with the everything being online, the audit perspective from the ATO has never been stronger. If you've done something wrong, it will come home to roost. You don't need to live under that stress. Just do everything that's effective within the letter of the law. Don't step over that line and be the first sort of moral caveat I would give everybody. And look, if you find yourself having stepped over that line and you're in trouble, reach out to us because we, we have a particular legal firm that we've referred business to in the past that specialize in helping people in that space and, and, and being able to get you back out of a little bit of trouble if that's what you've put yourself into. But best advice, don't get there, A, because that legal firm charge like a <laughs> and, and I'm told they're worth every cent. So, you know, don't get yourself in that space, do the right thing, but be as effective as you can and claim everything you can because you're allowed to. Exactly, you want to do it in a legal way, but you also want to do it in, it's, it's effective. Hmm. You don't want the ATO knocking on your door in five years time saying, hey, you owe us some money. Exactly right. Plus interest. Yeah, plus interest, there you go. So what are the common mistakes that most people make around this time? Just reading my notes here, you know, obviously there's things like tax returns and whatnot that's the big one. What should people be doing that they're not? Okay, what I like to do um, 
is and, and, and having a money date is something that's a very, very important thing. My wife and I do this every month, uh, and I think it's a massively important thing to do. If you're a lone wolf, do it with yourself and, and your finances as well. And each and every month, review where you're at. It's a date with money, have a nice glass of wine or whatever your tipple is, have some nice food, and just sit down and look at what your progress has been over the month so you can see how these things creep up uh, and, and are layering up in a good or if you've got a problem in a bad way so you can fix things. End of financial year is a way of sort of having that sort of big dinner, I suppose, or big day to really go back through and go, okay, let's look at what we've done over the 12 months. Are we where we expected to be? And if we're not, what actions do we need to do to change? Very, very important. Reset, refocus, and revise. Also, just being on the front foot with this kind of thing. So I always like to have my tax return completed. My birthday's on the 13th of July, so if anyone wants to send a gift, there's a, a date for you. <laughs> my birthday's on the 13th of July, and I like my accountant to have my tax return completed by the 13th of July, and that's crazy. Now, understand, the reason I want it done like that is that before I even put everything into the archive boxes and stashed them away wherever you put all your documents and whatnot, everything is still relatively fresh in your mind. You've got all the documentation there and getting all the information that you need to get to your account. And then look, if you're in business or you've got more complex affairs, use something like Xero, which is a really great software for making sure all your, all your bookkeeping work is up to date and you can monitor it through the year. So make sure he's got everything he needs at 30 June. Um, I then put the heat on him. I'm probably one of his first clients to get my tax return done. And then I know it's just done. I don't have to worry about any of my documents. Everything he's got, he's got. And I can get it boxed, archived, and out of my life. Peace of mind and everything's fresh in your mind. And just because I've had my tax return done doesn't mean I'm lodging it. I'll be the first person to get my tax return completed and I would be one of the last to lodge it. And why is that? Unless you're getting a refund, and unfortunately, I, I, I don't think I've ever had a tax refund. I always have to pay tax because I make too much money, quality problem, but if, if you are owed money, get it lodged straight away, get your refund as quickly as possible. If you owe money to the tax office, string it out as long as is humanly possible. As long as you're keeping that money, say for example, in your business and it's working and it's growing, you're using that as a free asset, as an interest-free loan. But don't sure. forget, like any loan, you've got to pay it back. That tax does have to be paid, so don't blow it. Sure. But keep that money working as hard as you can for you and courtesy of the tax office, if you take your time as long as you can to, 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 to actually pay your tax, then you've got the benefit of having that funding that you've set aside to pay it. That's a really good idea. How long can you do that for? Well, you as long as you want, they'll charge you interest if it's late. And what's the late date? It doesn't matter because your interest is a tax deduction. <laughs> wow. So there's your penalty interest, but you claim it back on your next return anyway. So it's a free loan. It's crazy. Mm. Okay, so what other mistakes are some people out there making when it comes to taxation specifically? Look, I'm not a tax advisor. That's something that we sit within um, our uh, financial planning business where we provide help and support in that space. But some of the obvious ones, particularly this year with the sell-off we've seen uh, in, in, in the stock market, um, people can have blue chip shares that are worth less than what they paid for them. Um, I'd always suggest that get them sold, take the tax deduction this year if you've got tax to pay because you're better getting that benefit right now than paying the tax later on down the track. Uh, when the stock price recovers. So I take advantage if you've got stock you don't want to hold that's underwater, instead of the buy and hold and, and one day it'll come back, you sell favor, sell it on the 28th of June, buy it back on the 1st of July if that's what you want to do so you can keep the stock. And what you've done effectively is a bed and breakfast. You've got your tax deduction this year and sure you'll pay capital gains tax or income on the other side, but you've got the benefit of that this year. Okay, so you know, just taking care of those loss-making positions and having those, most people have got something like that skulking around in the back of their portfolio that's worth less than what they pay. 
even those really unpleasant looking stocks have a silver lining if you can use it for a deduction. Uh, and that's something that's really pivotal uh, to take advantage of. So, you know, getting your bookwork under control, getting your tax uh, documents ready. The other reason for having all your tax lodgement stuff ready to go is if you're someone perhaps like me that does property stuff, if at some point you need finance, they're gonna want a lodged tax return. And if you've then got to mess around and get it all together, you could miss out on a deal. I've had that happen to me once. I'd never ever make that mistake again, sure. which is why I get my stuff done as early as I do. So experience is a great teacher, isn't it? There you go. Um, taking advantage of any loss-making assets that you've got. Um, your logbook for your car, if you're claiming your car, and your accountant should be advising you on all this sort of stuff. And unfortunately, I don't know how many accountants I've burned through over the last 30 years, but I could count on probably two fingers the number of good accountants that I've had in that time. So that's two. Mm. <laughs> and uh, one is my current. Um, and um, you know, the key thing here, your accountant should always be advising you of what you can claim. So again, this is very important that you can legitimately claim. Sure. Okay, so email them and say, listen, we're getting into the tax yet. What can I, can you please send me a full list of everything that I could potentially claim. Exactly, and I think the problem is is that so many young people, and I've seen my friends do this in younger years, they walk past Rabina Town Centre and they get a tax return done for $49. Mm. It's not the same as having a long-term relationship with a proper account that can really do some good work for you over the years. Absolutely, you know, that, that it can pay off in spades getting the right kind of advice. Um, and, and, and more often than not, you know, accountants are an interesting, and we we'll probably have accountants listening to this broadcast, and, 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 and you know, they like to say no to everything, including having fun, but they're there for a reason, and that's to stop us swashbuckling entrepreneurs doing the wrong thing. And, and it's very, very handy to have someone as part of your expert team of advisors in your corner that ensures that you comply with what you need to. Another big one for people is a logbook on your car. If you use your car for business, it is deductible. Um, so keep a logbook. And I think at the moment you've got to keep it for, is it, I think it's uh, 12 weeks, I think, for over the course of the year, any 12-week period, uh, to show what your usage is, what's personal and what's not. All those sorts of things can really start to add up. And if you're on a high tax rate, anything you can do to bring that down uh, is key. Um, on the other side, look at where some of your deductions are. Um, you know, if you're a property investor, for example, um, one of the key things that's essential to get done is getting a depreciation report done on your property. Uh, if you've got an investment property, it costs money to get a depreciation report done, but you work out exactly what you can claim. It's done by a professional company, it's got a basis behind it, and your accountant can just suck that into your tax return. There's a whole swag of stuff in there that you may have overlooked. Um, you know, all these are small things, but when you look at them in aggregate, if you're ever playing the game, and I go back to advice from you know, one, of, one of my great mentors and, and good friend, Robert Kiyosaki, over the years, and that is, if you're playing the game in after-tax dollars, it's a small amount of cash you've got to work with. If you're playing it in before-tax dollars or you're able to move your tax rate legitimately in the right direction, you've got a bigger pot to play with over here and you can do far more for yourself. So you've got to get that tax side sorted out. And it's, it's not fun, it's not supposed to be fun, but treat it as a game and, and, and get great advice on the way through and it can really move the dial for you. Totally agree on that. I mean, we all know tax is a really boring topic and it's annoying and it's numbers based and it sucks, but getting it right is so important. So let's talk about maybe how to get it right. I mean, we've got end of financial year coming up, you know, just reading my notes here, what should our listeners out there be doing to really ensure that that dial's moved in the right way? 
it's almost, you know, another, another big one in there is your super. Um, we didn't talk about that. If you're self-employed or, or you run a self-managed super in particular, you want to be maximizing what you can get into there. And some of the advice, if you look at my book, Money and Investing, one of the things that we talk about uh, in there is, is increasing your contribution to super uh, to 15%. So a company might pay nine and your salary sacrifice another five in there. Um, you've got up to 25 grand under the current rules, tax deductible contribution to your super, and you've got to max that out. You have to, because you've got to be working on, it's not just this financial year, what happens in 30 or 20 financial years time when you come to retire. Getting that retirement stuff under control can really get a good turbo charge uh, if, you're, um, if you're contributing to your super. And as I said, there's 25 grand a year you can put in there. Let's say at the moment you might be putting 18 in. Find the other seven, salary sacrifice, it's more tax effective to do that. It's also a very good way of introducing some compulsory savings because you can't touch the money when it's there. Sure. Um, so, you know, that's that's another uh, another big one to, to, to kind of get under control. Now, what some of the things people should be doing is talking to a professional. Uh, and I'd invite anyone that's listening to our, our show right now, reach out, talk to our team, uh, and we can uh, do a bit of a ready reckoner and say, look, these are some of the things that you could and should be doing, um, you know, and, and, and keeping you on the straight and narrow with some good advice, you know. What sort of debt do you have? Is it tax deductible debt or is it non-deductible debt? And there are things that you can do within your structuring to gradually get it moved from one column to the other. So that maybe you've got a, a, a credit card debt over here, which is non-deductible because it's personal. Create a line of credit that's an investment loan over here, which is deductible and, and over time work you to debt so it becomes a deductible debt. There's, there's no end to what you can do there, but you need people to help you with this stuff. And do we do that kind of thing within our financial planning business specifically? Yeah, we do. And we've also got partners that we can refer up to the areas that aren't at core competence to ensure that you're getting you know, really, really good advice from the right people in that sort of space too. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it as if you're going, you know, you're going to see a lawyer, let's say you're in trouble, you're going to go and see a lawyer, you're going to see a good one. Getting your tax sorted or end of financial year, you're going to go and see a good accountant. Mm. It's so important. Do you mm. agree with that? It, it, it's critical. And as I say, it's quite hard to shop around and find a good accountant. If you've got a meat and potatoes tax return, you know, you're a student, you've been working at the glass in a nightclub, maybe, you know, paying $49 in the shopping arcade is, is, is more than sufficient. But if you're wanting to get ahead, you've got to have those doors uh, on the corridor of strategy opened to you to say, listen, did you know you could do this? And did you know you could do that? Um, and, and this could be a deduction for you, whereas this isn't. And if you try and claim this, you're gonna find yourself in hot water. Um, you know, that, that more than anything is key. Now, I think we've sort of talked a lot about the tax side of things. So let's talk a little bit more about how you can be proactive on your investing side of things too. And I think that reset at the at the end of the tax year is, is, is a really crucial time to sit down and work out what are you gonna change? If you look back retrospectively, number one, are you happy with the goals that you kicked last year? And if you're not, that is the perfect, uh, you know, it's like the, 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 a new year's resolution, a new financial year's resolution. Kick it into gear, reset, and get your strategy organized as to what you wanna do because unfortunately, time goes by so quickly yeah, you know, it goes so, so quickly, and that's another year wasted if you didn't move closer towards it. <laughs> so in terms of your, your investment strategies and whatnot, mm. what, what can people out there be doing? I mean, obviously we talked about the shares underwater, but so for a savvy investor, let's say some of our traders in the months that are killing it, mm. you know, with trades and they're pulling down great numbers, what can those guys be doing on the other side of the ledger? Mm. I think there's, uh, yeah, everything becomes a, a new opportunity at the start of the year. Uh, it's a good chance to, to, to sweep the decks and whether you're playing at a high level or a low level, it's important to assess your strategy. 
And with what we've seen this year, the uncertainty, stock markets or markets in general hate uncertainty, just as individuals do as well. Uh, and it's very, very hard for your average person at home right now. You know, Joe Bagadana is sitting there and it's, okay, I'm not sure about my job security. I'm not sure about my partner's job security. Um, I'm not sure about our ability from our investment property to get a rental income. You know, we've got a, a huge jump in vacancy rates. One in seven properties in Sydney are now empty in the investment that's market. That's crazy. And that's going to bite a lot of people. And anyone that's negatively geared thinking that's a smart thing is going to realize just how dangerous that strategy is fairly shortly. Yeah, so these are areas of stress for many people. Perhaps you've got your superannuation statement through from your provider and you've looked at it and gone, ah, that's not the year. It should have been, maybe it's gone backward, which very sadly for, for a lot of investors is going to be the case. So, you know, assessing all of that and trying to create some certainty is very, very hard for people. And I really have a, a great deal of empathy. We're in the nuts and bolts space. We look at numbers, we trade, we're unemotional about it, that's our gig. But we're in the people business as well. And so many people out there are hurting, not just financially, but they're stressed about uncertainty. And that's an awful, awful cloud to have to live under. So what can you do in uncertain times? And the answer is you can't control the environment you're in, just like a trade. But if you've got a plan, you've got a cornerstone, something that's robust that takes the uncertainty out of the environment that you're in. So it's a great time to take stocks, maybe de-risk a little bit for some people if the opportunity is there and start to work on what the new year looks like and it'll be a better year. Having a side hustle, we can't stress how important that is. If, you, if your job is your primary, if not only source of income, you're stuffed because you've got no control on whether you're gonna have a job. You know, we see unemployment start to creep up. You know, you take the US for example, you know, 32 million people. It's crazy. 20, 22 million people last month lost their job. I know. And they may have thought that they were really secure and killing cats until the ax fell. And that lack of side hustle is what crushes people. You know, I look at the, the, the whole financial planning model that we espouse, as I say, we cover this in our money investing book, is that journey of starting out with a budget and cash flow. And if you've got a side hustle that can bring in more dollars, that's a great way of improving your cash flow situation, which then opens the jewels for better investing. And some of these things can be really simple. Look at your bank account. Look how you paid fees and charges last year. How much did you pay? And yeah, most people are sitting on an account that probably charges them nothing, 10, maybe $12 a month every month, sure. times four accounts. All of a sudden you go, well, okay, so there's four or 500 bucks I've paid in fees. What can you do with four or $500? Well, there's plenty we can help money, yeah. So have a look at upgrading your bank account to maybe one of the online providers. And I wouldn't talk about MeBank just now, given the controversy <laughs> in the media, but there are other bigger, more um, robust providers in the world that provide zero fee online banking. What are some of the examples of that, Andrew? Uh, take a look at, I don't know, say ING, for example. Um, yeah, it's a zero cost banking account. And if someone says to you at the end of the year, here's you got four bank accounts, here's $480, do you want to have them on? There's 48 green ones on the Absolutely. table, do you want them? And, and sure. in the right mum would go, yes, please, because you know that's that's a sort of micro decision which seems so insignificant. You know, $10 a week is nothing, times two, three, four bank accounts, times the year. Uh, times by 10 years. You know, it, it, it truly adds up. So you know, taking care of those small decisions and, and cutting the wasted fees that people pay is a huge one. If you've got um, a home loan in some way, now refinance at the moment is not easy. We've got people we work with that are very good at being able to place your business. But looking at the whole notion of refinance to see 
how much better a deal can you get because interest rates are far lower now. And if you've had a loan for four or five years, um, you're most likely going to be paying way more than someone that's new to it. So use that as an opportunity to say, okay, what's my rate? Shop it around. We can help with that. People use it. They're the ninjas in that space. Um, you know, I, I use one personally and it's just like, thank you. I can't yeah. say that enough. Another area in there is on your insurance. You know, what do you pay in insurance? If you can get like for like insurance cover for less money, that's all money going back into your pot, into your cash flow so that you can do things with it. And it's a side hustle. And, and the, these are only small things, Mitch, but small things add up to a big picture. And 30 June is a perfect time to look back retrospectively at that, but not live in the past and go, okay, that's either yes, what I want, do more of the same, or not quite what I want, in which case you must do something different because if you don't, next year will be worse. Exactly, and as Woolworths say, from little things, big things grow. That's their main slogan in one of their ads. There you that's go. beautiful. That's a lovely little segue, though. <laughs> now, Andrew, we're coming to the end of the broadcast. Mm. We've got a couple of minutes left. So what I want to do is finish on our call to action. Mm. We're, we're nearing that, that, date, that date, sorry, of June 30th. Things are coming pretty quickly. What should you be doing step by step out there? Get all your documents sorted out, boxed up, and ready to go to your accountant, or if you're on zero, make sure everything's working there. Um, get a commitment from your accountant to get all your tax done quickly. Number two, look at your portfolio of shares. Is there anything in there we can flick out, clean up, maybe put back in and bed and breakfast it on the 1st of July? Sure. Alternatively, we can use options for that too. You know, a cash extraction strategy, get rid of the stock, buy a long-dated option, keep the exposure to the stock, but have the cash in that great strategy. There's some of the uh, meat and potatoes things. Use that finish line, so uh, get your superannuation, make full use of the allocation that you have tax-free into that. Just get as much round in there as you can, and if you've got enough to make it legitimate and worthwhile, start managing it yourself. Sure. There are a lot of lower cost options in there. If you don't have enough to manage yourself, manage super, and look, ballpark figure, no one likes to give that figure away. We have nothing to hide here at Money Investing. You know, we sit in front of our sign, we stand behind it. The reality is, um, you know, 200 grand, 250 grand is probably the minimum I'd recommend for a self-managed show sure. to people. Makes sense. Um, and if you've got less than that, there are lots of things you can do that are very low fee superannuation funds that actually have pretty solid performance. Again, our financial planning team can talk to you about that. See where you can save some money, and it might be small savings, 10 bucks a month sounds nothing, but it adds up as we've discussed. And if it's going back into the coffers to give you a bigger acorn to plant, it's gonna be a bigger tree that comes out of the other side. And it's just that small, consistent action on tightening the nuts and bolts that move you from being in a position of being financially stressed to being more comfortable. And that movement to being comfortable isn't just about having more money. It's about having peace of mind of knowing that you've got it under control. And that's what really the essence of this broadcast is. None of us got any control. June 30 is coming down the track. But what we can do is control how much benefit we get from it, whether it be in the form of tax deductions, uh, in terms of structural, whether it's in terms of getting money into our super, or whether it's just a reset to put a line under the past and set ourselves up. It's a crucial, crucial day. There's always special offers out there. Uh, I'm sure we'll be rolling something out there in terms of our services to help sure. people as well. But you know something, I'd almost be inclined to run one new financial year promotion because here's your control of the lead. You can't do anything about what's gone on in the year past, but you can set yourself up for the start of your new life. And that new life is one that should be less stress about money, maybe more cash flow, building out a side hustle, but ultimately having more control and more peace of mind because that will remove more stress than anything. AB, look, thank you very much. Relax, reload, and get going. That's the main message here. It's been an absolute pleasure to get your expertise. My hand's sore from writing down all those notes. I'll be sure to go and check to my accountant. Good man, always a pleasure, Mitch. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on the show, guys. Please be sure to give us a rating and a review. Good to get the message out there, and we'll look forward to speaking with you next week.